1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Grinders Live flagship show here for Monday. It's a National Championship Monday, and we're going to sprinkle in some NBA 2 here for you tonight, so going to be joined by Grant. We're going to break this thing down game by game, going over some players we like and uh, all kinds of good stuff, and want to point out to you quickly, if you're watching this and you haven't refreshed your chat since the show started, you do that to get the uh, new chat in the up on your screen. Also, you can follow follow along in the Discord chat. I like to look at the Discord also. So we got all these things going on, guys. So live it up. We want to uh, engage in the chat, man. I want to see pictures. I want to see. I want to see the best you got. This is this is my show. I'm running this thing. I don't care what anybody says. I need to see the good stuff. So let me bring in Grant, and we affectionately call him Handsome Grant because you know he's got those rugged good looks working for him. So bring in Grant. Grant, I need to know some things. Are you? Are you root, do you have a rooting interest in this college football game tonight? Uh, nope, do not care even slightly. <laughs> okay, fair enough. What about uh, what about this Grinders Live party? Are you going to this party here in a few weeks?
2: Yeah, I will absolutely be there. I'll be there, ready, ready party. Ready have some fun. Ray, watch some football. I mean, I'm. I just realized yesterday. I'm like, oh, it's possible that the Titans will be in the Super Bowl at the RG party in Nashville. Which could be a whole lot of fun. That that's a definite possibility. It's looking like it is a distinct
1: possibility now. So that would be interesting, except for the fact that man, whew, could we put up with Soccer Day for forty eight hours? I don't think I can put up with Soccer Day for forty eight hours.
2: Yeah, yeah. Especially depends on how much booze he actually has in him. Oof. That 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 could change some things. Brutal, brutal. But guys, we're here. We got a little
1: slate of games for you. It's going to kick off in about. Hour and a half or so, so we're going to break those things down for you. Want to run over some things real quick before we get cranked up? As always, the like and subscribe button is our friend, man. We need those. So if you're watching this thing uh, in a format to which you can like and subscribe on it, please do that. That's what we're. Uh, that's what we need here. Uh, the RG Sharp Side, the Sharp Side Street contest is in full effect. It started it started earlier this month, but it's a street contest. It's about the longest streak, so. Go into SharpSide, set yourself up an account. Click on a play every night. Lock it in, lock it in. If it wins, you you have a streak going. If it loses, you start your streak over. So you're never out of it. Get in there now. You got. We're giving away a lot of credit there. We're getting a lot of uh, real life credit there to uh, play some DFS stuff. So by all means, get in there on the SharpSide app. It's, it's a place I kind of pull up every day for if I'm looking for a line and I want to get an accurate one. I go to the SharpSide app. So get in there. So. The RG badge promo is out there. I got some names to read. I got some names to read because these guys switched over their badge from whatever they were using to the RG badge. So that's part of the promo. If you switch it over, you got an RG badge and you hit, I think it's top 10 in a tournament of, of the proper magnitude, then you can get a free month of RG stuff, you know, free month of uh, the, the good stuff, the premium. Otherwise, just for switching over, you can get called out here on air for doing it, which is a good – I'm not calling you out in a bad way. I'm calling you out in a good way. So I got some names to read here. Burrell, Burrell 2, shout out to you. Jumbalumba, Jumbalumba, shout out to you. Odie, 231517. I like all the numbers. It keeps anybody from hacking your account. Good job, Odie. MSG365, MSG365, shout out to you. Kfrench10. Shout out to you. So, guys, appreciate you switching over those badges. We will uh, continue this promo for as long as we need to. So, I do. I forgot to ask Grant something here before we got cranked up there. Grant, I got to ask you something, man. What did you think about these gosh darn punishments coming down to the Houston Astros here for, for this supposed
2: sign stealing that happened? I mean, I don't really care. If if you're not if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Um very clearly that they were probably involved. I mean at least one of the two guys for sure was involved and everyone was probably involved. Literally every player, everyone on the team, it's you have to set a precedent on someone or on something here and like we've seen it before in the NFL with the bounty gate. We've seen it before in the NFL with everything Belichick's done, but he can't really you can't get rid of Belichick. And he did probably a little bit less, but I, it, it's just a spot where they need to suspend someone. I think they might've been a little excessive, but I don't care. It really doesn't matter to me.
1: I, I appreciate it that. play. I like that. I like that stance. Just it, it, it's history. Who cares? Get it, get it going. Let's go on to the next. Are you downgrading the Astros in your best ball
2: drafts? Probably not. I mean, not a significant amount. People will figure out ways to cheat regardless. They just have to get better at them. Fair
1: enough. All right, guys, follow along on my screen. We're gonna go through this game. I'm going to uh, bring you up some premium content that you can check out, and uh, as I go along, let me pull up the starting lineups page, and that's where we'll get cranked up. And I, I'm supposing, Grant, how do you how do you feel about this slate? I know you've got some research in already. Feel uh, feel pretty pretty good. I know I know before the show you were saying you're waiting on some injuries, but
2: it may not happen. You never know. I'm all, I mean, we'll get we'll get answers to some of the injuries. A lot of them are happening in the first set of games here. So I'm guessing sometime during the show we'll end up getting uh, news on guys like Sabonis, guys like Brogdon, guys like Ingram. Once we know that, that'll definitely clear up some stuff and make things a little bit more easy to d- dissect. But obviously Anthony Davis in the night game and the last game is a guy that is really going to change some things around. I'm kind of going under the assumption that he's not going to play. And – it's just that simple. That's how I'm going about things because I don't think many people are going to do it. If we get news, like depending on when it happens, there's lots of different pivots that you can end up going with. Like the Portland-Charlotte game and the Orlando-Sacramento game are both playing being played later on in the night, and so we'll have news of Anthony Davis. And there's always a few things that you can do to rotate around on uh, no late swap sites. Comes a little bit more interesting. I think James is a good play regardless, but he's obviously much, 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 much better play if. Davis ends up not playing, so it's interesting right now. I, I more important than Davis news for me really is the Pacers news because that could change things around drastically. Does it?
1: So um, you mentioned the start times; it's very interesting. We got like this big gap in between the beginning games and then the late night hammers. We got three of them coming in on the West Coast, and then everything else is starting at a relatively early time here. Does that change the way you build your teams a night like this? Are you, are you intentionally leaving space open
2: for those those late-night hammers? Uh, I mean, tonight it definitely will. Like, I'll create all my teams basically going under the assumption that Davis is out, and then once I actually have them in, I'll go through and I'll look like, all right, if Davis is ruled in, is this going to just be a lost cause? If so, I make sure that I have multiple pivots in place over to either the Portland guys or over to the Orlando or Sacramento guys and vice versa. If I have a Portland lineup, I'm like, all right, this should be good. Regardless, a little bit of a game stack there with something like Whiteside, Lillard, Graham, or McCollum, Lillard, or McCollum, Whiteside, Graham, knowing that I can swap over to, all right, I can probably move over to LeBron, uh, probably McGee and Kuzma if I really need to. So, there's a lot of different ways that you can go about things, but you pretty much have to have contingency plans if you're not worried, to, if you just don't want to entirely have all right, this lineup stead.
1: Yeah, as you speak, you're making some good points. Kirk Deese is in is in the Discord chat, hammering the good pitchers. Whew, he's got some good ones. Out. I'm glad I'm glad he can bless us with his presence today. Now let's get this thing cranked up. Uh, we got uh, the first game on the tap here. Philadelphia 76ers at the Indiana Pacers. Injuries, injuries, injuries all around this game. Some we know, some we don't, like you said. 213 and a half total here. Uh, the Pacers are actually a slight favorite in this game because on the Philly side, Joel Embiid has been ruled out. The start off over there. Uh, last game, Embiid was out. The chalky play was out Horford. He delivered on that chalk. Is Al Horford, where are we ranking him tonight in terms of overall play with this salary? It, it went up a little bit, but still, eh, he's still going to be the man within beat out.
2: What do you think about Horford here? What's, what's our thoughts on Horford? I mean, he's a great play. The real question is how chalky is he going to end up being uh, just on the slate? He did get a price increase. Currently, we have not pegged around 16% ownership, and I think that he's still a good play at that price tag. But let's be honest, every single one of these guys – over on Philly like all the four main guys are all still very much in play Richardson probably being the worst play he's priced up about where he should be for this spot um without Embiid so like Richardson's a guy that you can easily cross off but we've seen Tobias Harris like getting an increase in usage and have some big games earlier on this season while it hasn't happened in the last two you kind of look at his shooting totals and went seven for 17 he went Nine for 22, including two for seven from three. in The last two games here, he ended up with boards. He ended up with a few ancillary stats, but didn't really get a whole lot of steals and blocks, and he still ended up with 33 and 36 in those two games here. Harris being just $100 more than Horford, I think I prefer him in this spot. Like, I get that Horford is going to get some minutes and that he's probably about as good of a play, but, like, I think that Harris offers you a lot more upside here. Uh, outside of him, Simmons – can still put up a 50, 60 point game in virtually any given matchup. I know this isn't a high total here. I know the spread is fairly close, but you're not expecting a ton of points to be scored here. It's just his price tag is probably a bit too low at 8,200. Like all these guys' price tag are way too low considering what their potential upside is and what their floor is just because of all the usage they're getting. So I have no problem with any of these guys. I think this game will stay close kind of regardless. So, like ever, If I had to rank them, it's probably Harris first, Horford second, Simmons third, and then Richardson fourth. And then I'm not taking a shot on O'Quinn. I'm not taking a shot on Mike Scott. I'm not taking a shot on any of these mm-hmm. other ancillary guys.
1: Yeah, I'm looking on DraftKings salary. and Actually, Harris is cheaper than Horford, and Harris is a guy that I was going to chase in the last game Embiid was out. And so uh, I'll chase that again, especially for the cheaper salary. And I agree with you, Ben Simmons has to be one of the one of the better one of the better plays on the slate here with Embiid out. Don't love the matchup, but you know I actually, I actually hated the matchup when he faced off against Boston last week with Embiid out. That was a uh, one I wanted to avoid. I'm not I don't want to avoid this one as much as I did that one. So I'm with you on those those big three: Simmons, Harris, Horford. All playable guys, very playable. And then, uh, yeah, you could, you know, the other guys just don't offer enough upside. I'm with you there. The Pacers side, we're waiting on some news here. I mean, there's a lot of it out there. We don't know if Brogdon's going to play or not, how much he's going to play. And then, you know, Sabonis. the Sabonis question, you said, how are you, you dealing with Indiana here? I mean, we'll get news before. Um... Well, actually, remember now. That last game, they dropped the Sabonis the on us one minute after the lineup lock. So they, but, we're but not But the game guaranteed. was at
2: 8, I think. The game was either at 7.30 okay. or it was at 8. That's no, no. I think that game was like one of the first ones on the slate. Was it was it? it was not. Everyone was able to swap over on late swap sites. But, yeah, they absolutely screwed everyone over, and yeah, that was infuriating. I got lucky because I had a lot of Sabonis, but it was all on late swap sites. So it made things really easy. On all the non late swaps, I didn't actually have Sabonis. So it just worked out nice for me. Uh, FY Ingram, unlikely to play. We'll get to that in the next game, but just thought I'd drop that news. If Sabonis and Brogdon are out, like obviously we'll look at Miles Turner, but his price tag's still decently high considering like what his potential upside is and what his floor is. He played out of his mind the last game, it was going up against Chicago. This is not as easy in a matchup here. And I don't think that. We can really expect 56 out of them again. I still think they'll put up a big game. Not having Sabonis in there is going to cause a whole lot of boards to go around. He's going to be a little bit more of a focal point in the offense. So Turner, if Sabonis and Brogdon are out, is still a guy that's very much in play. But I think I have more interest in Lamb, more interest in Warren. Like Warren is probably going to play a boatload of minutes again or at least low mid-30s minutes. Again, he's a guy that averages over a point per minute without these guys in the lineup. He's a guy that they occasionally let get into the high 30s and a guy that can end up crushing his price tag. He's not the most consistent guy. We've seen it in Phoenix. We've seen it uh, a little bit in... Indy so far this year, and he just will randomly go out for breakout games, but we know that those generally come more when there are injuries. So Warren's a guy that I'm more interested in, considering everyone's going to end up going with Turner. Uh, Lamb, another guy that we can look at. McConnell, if he gets to start, or if Holiday gets to start, either one of them are probably decent plays, but it's not the easiest matchup in the world. So I'm not just absolutely locking in these guys, but Warren is a fantastic play if those guys are rolled out. If Sabonis is in, if Brogdon is in, Brogdon's price tag might be a little bit too cheap, but it's probably close to where it should be. And Sabonis's price tag is about where it should be. You'll get a 40-point floor with a 50-point ceiling, and especially in this type of matchup. You're probably going to get on the lower end of that. So it all depends on this bonus news. If he's in, I have very little interest in anyone. If he's out, Warren becomes a fantastic play, and all these other guys become good plays.
1: I'm with you on the Warren. Warren is the guy I would rather have. Probably. Man, yeah, if the if the right guys are ruled out here, I, I want Warren more so than some of the other guys. McConnell, you say you're on him. He's been disappointing with even with Brogdon out here and getting getting the start recently. He was kind of a dud the other night. So apparently you're gonna go back to him, right? So uh what about if, what if, okay, what about if Brogdon is in and they say, well, we don't really particularly have any minutes restrictions, just throwing something against the wall here. What if he's in, got a fair price tag, he's, he's produced really well this year when he was healthy. Any interest in, would you take a shot on him at like, like practically zero percent ownership if he's ruled in?
2: I mean, I, I still think he'll draw some ownership just because of that price tag there. It's a, like, we saw him up in the 8K range not too long ago. He was in the mid-sevens, now he's at mid-fines. So his price tag is a little bit low. It's just a tough matchup going up against Philly. Again, we don't know. like They may say that there's not going to be a minutes restriction, but he hasn't played in two weeks, so I'm still guessing that he'll probably end up in the high 20s minutes. Like He was playing high 20s, low 30s, pretty much every single game prior to getting injured, so I don't think there's too much reason to expect differently. His point per minute is sitting at about 1.2 on the season, but that was with a lot of great games earlier on the season. He's definitely tailed off in recent months. He still offers some upside, but on this type of slate, I don't know if he offers you enough upside. If he gets mid-30s minutes, he can end up in the 45-point range. But, again, it's not a likely scenario to get into the mid-30s minutes. It's not an easy matchup. Everything is more likely that he ends up probably in the mid to low 30s. And at this price tag, it doesn't offer you too much upside, and there's a whole lot of other things that can go wrong. and You just can't really expect it. So not really in play for tournaments, not really in play it's for cash to, for me. That's just kind of where I'm at. That's fair enough. I, and you're right about the Sabonis coming just
1: after the regular live, but not not before his game started because I was able to go into draft, I remember now. Somehow I ended up with this kid, Goga Bit, Bit of dazzle. You go. You 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 on him you on that train tonight for men's salary.
2: I mean, he did I me guess.
1: dirty. He did me dirty the other
2: night. Yeah, I mean, main thing with him is he can just get a ton of blocks in a, few, a short period of time. Here, I think with Turner in there, and I think with all the other bodies they have, I'm not really expecting more than 15 minutes out of him in any given circumstance. So, no, I'm not really on him. If you really want to take a shot there's a chance that you can end up with six boards, six points, and four blocks in 20 minutes, but not really something I'm looking out for. Fair enough. All
1: right, let's move move on to the next game here. Guys, uh, remember, fire up some questions in chat. There's there's a pretty good chance it's not that big of a slate. We'll have some time at the end. I'll answer some questions. We'll even maybe throw some guys into a lineup for you that we like and see if we can get something cranked up. But uh, otherwise, let's move on. New Orleans at Detroit here tonight. Nice total of 225. Detroit being, what is that, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. New Orleans, we just got the news here across the Roto, Roto Grinders app sending me a notification saying Brandon Ingram is unlikely to play. We know that uh, Derek Favors is also questionable, and he sat out recently, so there's a chance he's out too. Drew Holiday's been ruled out. Man, there's a lot of good minutes to go around for, for some guys that – not quite priced up to that standard just yet. So, New Orleans, let's start it off with them. Run through me some scenarios and who
2: you like tonight. I mean, without Ingram playing, if Favors is out, uh, what's his <laughs> name? Hayes becomes yeah. an immediate great play, an immediate shock. Uh, I don't think it really matters too much that he's chalked, just because his price tag saying sitting there at 4,600. We know he's going to get a boatload of minutes. Like, everything kind of points towards him being one of the better plays, if not – like one of the best point-per-dollar plays on the entire slate here. Lonzo has been coming into this game in just great form, putting up more than 40 in, what, six out of the last seven, putting up some 50-point games. Guy's been absolutely crushing. He's seeing a boatload of minutes. If this game ends up staying close, then Lonzo is going to have a massive pardon and he's probably going to end up with 50 DraftKings points. So Lonzo sitting there at 6,900. Another reason why I'm not on a guy like Brogdon at 400 less because Lonzo's floor-ceiling combo – Lonzo's floor is about where Brogdon's ceiling is going to be at. And for 400 more, I will absolutely take Lonzo. He's one of my favorite plays on the slate here without Ingram being likely to play. Josh Hart, guy that will crush it sometimes, but with how many minutes are going to be going around and how much usage is going to be around, he's got to be a guy that you're looking at. Hayes, Neil Alexander Walker, 3,500, going to play a boatload of minutes. Usage is going up for him. Like, everything kind of points. Outside of that, it's a little bit tough to figure out who exactly to go with. I mean, we were on plate IQ here, or court IQ here, and Moore is interesting because he averages over a point per minute with out Drew, Holiday, Favors, and Reddick on the floor. So, like, even Etuan Moore sitting there at 4,500. Not the worst idea in the world. We just know that there's only a certain amount of minutes to go around. We know that there's a guaranteed amount of usage to go around and it has to be spread between those guys. And with how many guys are out, there's a very condensed rotation happening. So every single one of these guys are very much in play and it's just picking the right pieces. Now that we know Ingram's out, if favors is in fact out.
1: Yes. Lonzo Ball, top of the charts. Love Lonzo Ball, like you said. Jackson Hayes becomes a very popular play, but one that you, you might ha- have a hard time getting away from if favors is rolled out alongside of Ingram and Drew Holiday. Like you. Josh Hart always has a little upside. He's, he, he sprinkles some Josh Hart in there. And like you said, Etwan Moore, he gets hot on his three-point shooting. Man, he can put up a really nice, a really nice game, and he's got a nice salary tonight. So, Yeah. New Orleans is going to be a very popular play against, you know, a very subpar Detroit team that just doesn't really have much to play for. So uh, I definitely, definitely like that. We'll have to wait for the some of the news and make sure we get guaranteed outs there. But so on the flip side here, Drew Holiday being out, you know, that weakens their defense on the perimeter. Some of the other guys probably takes away from the defense also. Detroit, do you have any interest in Detroit here with uh, with their they're, – they're dealing with injuries too, but we've already seen the prices kind of adjust to their injuries. But any any thoughts on playing Detroit guys here?
2: I mean, I'm absolutely in love with both Drummond and Rose. Uh, Drummond sitting there at ten three. He had a bad game the other night, but that's because he got booted pretty quickly. Going up against the Pelicans – High-paced matchup, high-scoring matchup, great spot for Drummond. He should absolutely smash in the spot here. He's one of the best payups on the slate. The only guy that might be a better payup is going to be LeBron just because they chain, like they lowered his price tag. I don't understand it at all. But LeBron without Davis is clearly the better payup if we get the Davis news prior to lock and Even even if not, like he might be a better payup. But Rose, Rose is getting minutes recently. He's been – like the minutes cap has kind of been changed – he very well can end up with mid-30s minutes going up against the Pelicans, even low-30s minutes going up against the Pelicans. The guy is an absolute beast on a point-per-minute basis, sitting there at 1.22 if he ends up getting the run versus a terrible defensive New Orleans team because everyone's out. I get that Lonzo's an above-average defender, but still, Rose with the amount of uses, he's probably going to end up getting this matchup the, And the pace. Rose is going to go for over 40, I think, in this one. He's priced there way too low at sixty seven hundred. He should absolutely smash in the spot here. He's probably my favorite play on the entire slate.
1: Oh, there you go. Favorite play on the whole slate. Chat, chat, uh one chat question. Frank Jackson, what's your thoughts on Frank Jackson here on the other side? I
2: forgot to mention I mean I kind of want to wait and see what they end yeah. up doing with the starting lineup here. Like Frank Jackson, like it'll be interesting, but I assume they're gonna give Lonzo a ton of ton of minutes. Potentially bring Frank Jackson, first guy off the bench. And just because of the condensed rotation, I could very well see him you know, with a lot of minutes. We know they got 33 in the last matchup with all these injuries. I have to assume that you look at Frank Jackson. I forgot there was Mint Price over here. Guy, you probably, probably won your lineup, especially if that just because of the condensed rotation they have. Like they pretty much have to play all their guys a boatload of minutes.
1: Fair enough. Any anything else from this game, or or as Dean would say, shall we move on?
2: Uh not really. I mean, fee not the worst idea in the world. He's saying at thirty two hundred, but they're better min price or near min price guys. He did end up with twenty two in the last matchup. He's was end up with twenty in what six out of the last seven. Ends up with high twenties, low thirties minutes. They're the worst punts on the slate.
1: Fair enough, guys. Don't forget, as always, here going to remind you to like. And subscribe button, please. If you're watching this and you want this content to keep staying free and keep on air and keep us grinding away here, gotta hit the like and subscribe button, man. That's that's kind of how we, we work things out here. So, otherwise, we'd be we'd be in big trouble without you guys. So, let's move on to the next game. Uh, this one's a this one's not so interesting to me, but Chicago travels to Boston here to take on the Celtics we got a 216 total with Boston, minus a big number, minus 10. That's big in the NBA now. Start off on the Chicago side. I don't think there's too many recent injuries that haven't been accounted for. So, let's start off over there. Any interest? What, what, what Chicago Bulls stand out to you, if any, in this, in this tough matchup tonight?
2: I mean, the cheaper guys just really don't make the cut in this slate. Like Gafford, not going to get a ton of minutes, probably end up in the low 20s in all likelihood in the spot, the chance of a blob really doesn't help things like Cornette, Gafford, Thad Young are all kind of mixing and matching minutes at the five. None of them really stand out. Sadoransky, he was showing a decent amount of upside, but the price there at 5-3 on this slate is not going to make the cut. Levine is always a guy that has massive upside, but this is not a good spot here. The price tag is not cheap enough. Like, if he was mid-sevens in this type of tough matchup, I'd probably have a bit more interest in him. But at 8-5 on this slate overall, just not going to make the cut, probably not going to end up in the 50s. So you really can't take a shot on him. Chicago's a full-on cross-off to me after all the news that, or after just the New Orleans news and everything else we've got going on this slate. Chicago's a cross-off. Dad Young doesn't do it for you? No, like he's 5,100. No, really. Yeah, there's no real reason to pay that much for him on this yeah. slate, especially. Yeah,
1: he had, a, he had a nice little streak going there, but then he, he, he's kind of referred it back recently.
2: It's just a tough matchup all around. You yeah, got
1: Boston, though, on the other side facing Chicago, that's a pretty good matchup right there. Uh, actually, we, don't we have Dan, Daniel Thies is out tonight? Oh, man, I just, I'm, I'm glossing over the headline
2: here. Is this is this an Enos Canner night? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. He's sitting there at 5,400, obviously Chicago, without Carter Williams. Or not Carter Williams. Uh, what, what, Daniel uh, Thies. Wendell Carter, not Carter Williams, oh. not MCW. Without – yeah, anyways, no real good big guys to match up against Cantor here. Like, Cantor should absolutely crush in the spot. I'm just worried about the amount of minutes, obviously, with Tice out of there. I don't think that he's going to have a – or I think he's going to get plenty of minutes – Obviously a beast, but there's a lot of different mouths to feed on this spot, and there's a chance that this game ends up turning into a blowout. But of all the guys over here on Boston, Cantor's probably offering you the most amount of upside here, and he's got the cheapest price tag. Outside of him, every single one of these guys are in play. Like Hayward, Brown, Kemba, Tatum, all of them are in play. None of them stand out as great plays. On any given night, one of these guys can probably end up going for 50. But I don't think you need to take a chance on too many of them, and I probably wouldn't play more than one of them in one of the, those four or more than one of them in the same lineup. You can throw a canter in one of these guys in the same lineup and still be fine. And if you really want to bring it back, you can bring it back with a But price tags are about where they should be. They just all have a lot of upside in any given match. It's just figuring out which one to go with. And if I had to rank them, is by far my favorite from this game, probably followed by Kemba. Hayward, Tatum, then Brown. But like this is not the best spot on the slate, and they could very end up being very easily end up being a blowout.
1: Kimba, Hayward, Tatum, and Brown. My my four although my ranking would be Tatum number one with Kimba, Brown and Hayward. Enos Cantor, it goes without saying he, he's the top, he's the top dog over there. So yeah, I like that play. I love guys with upside. Cantor has it, he's gonna maybe get some minutes tonight. Let's hope he gets minutes. Uh, when he does, he always smashes. So I'm with that. In fact, when we when we do a little makeshift lineup here later, we'll throw something. Cantor is definitely a spoiler alert, Cantor will be on there. So that's good stuff right there. All right. Next game on the board here, go to the seven o'clock hour. Oklahoma City Thunder at the Minnesota Timberwolves, a 218 total Oklahoma City, minus two and a half. On the Minnesota side, we've already had Carl Anthony Towns ruled out. Not a surprise there on the Oklahoma City side. I don't think we have any major injuries to speak of as of yet. So let's start off on the Oklahoma City side. Anybody, I mean, we've got some guys. Chris Paul's been hot lately, but you got to, you know, always worry about him in just normal games. Like love Chris Paul when there's a little motivation there, like against the Rockets or something like that, but just a normal game, midseason, traveling to Minnesota, I don't know what the motivation is for him. Steven Adams, hot run, kind of cooling down a little bit now. Anything from Oklahoma City that makes you want to put these guys on your roster?
2: I mean, their price tags. Chris Paul sitting there at 6,600 is a bit too cheap. Minnesota's in a pace matchup here. They're not a bad defensive spot, or it's a good defensive matchup here. Chris Paul has been over 35 almost every single game, which is fine for his price tag. And he has a real shot at 50 in any given spot. and Good shot at 40. So Chris Paul is a guy that comes in here very clearly, way too underpriced. Steve and Adams kind of been the same way been getting consistently over 30. Sitting there at 6400 real shot at 50 in any given matchup without Cat in here with all the guys that they're rolling out at constantly in the five. It's a good spot for him without Noel he should end up with the amount of minutes that you kind of want to see at this price tag here so Adams, SGA, Gallinari, Chris Paul are all a bit underpriced with Chris Paul's price tag probably being drastically underpriced. I really like Chris Paul. I like a lot of these guards in the six mid 6k range though so it's tough to get him in there considering we got Derek Rose we got Chris Paul and we got Lonzo all around the same price tag Chris Paul's probably my third favorite of those three but all three of them are fantastic plays on this slate and if you really want to go with Gallinari or SGA they both have upside at this price tag and it's a good spot
1: yeah we had a question in chat but you've already answered it pretty much a things so. you Chris Paul or Derrick Rose, you said Derrick Rose is your favorite guy on the night, so it's easily Derrick Rose for you. Uh, let's go to the Minnesota side here. Again, we're without Carl Anthony Towns, but we're priced up now. For the moment, we've got pretty decent price on, on Gorgie Dang and, and some of the other
2: guys, but on that Minnesota side, what, you, what anything stand out for you? Not really. Um like, Wiggins, we know what he's done since Cat's been out, and it just hasn't been great. Uh, he's shown occasional upside, but just not really a guy that's really worth playing. 6900 is an all-right price tag, but it doesn't stand off the board. Gorgie, like, his minutes have been in flux occasionally. They run some weird rotations, end up throwing Vonlay in there, end up throwing a few different guys into the five, and we don't know what he will end up. With he's 6K, it's probably too much for your risk. If I'm going with anyone, I'm going with Covington at 5,700. Just a price tag thing. He's pretty much doing about as well as Wiggins, but he's a thousand cheaper than Wiggins. He's the guy that I would end up going with. If you want to go with Culver, not the worst idea in the world. Consistently putting up over 30, sitting there at 4,800, probably a little bit too cheap, but it's not a great matchup here for him. Not going with Teague, not going with Napier. Just the slate overall, the size of the slate, the matchup, everything kind of leads me away from playing any of these guys over on the Minnesota side.
1: Yeah, I got Robert Covington's uh, card pulled up on the Roto-Grinders lineup page. Man, this is such a – all this valuable information in this one little space right here. You see his game logs, very consistent recently. The $5,700 on DraftKings is good. Then you look down and see $27 on Yahoo. Ooh, that's way too much. He's like – you, you gotta you gotta pick and choose your site. You play a guy like this at, and when you start talking about that price tag on Yahoo, you can pass on that. But the DraftKings price tag looks good here, so a total agreeance right there. Andrew Wiggins and his good run of fantasy production came not with Carl, not because Carl Anthony Towns was out. It was because like Jeff Teague was out and Napier was out, and he was playing point guard. That's history now. They've got Napier and Teague back, so Wiggins is kind of like. Very expendable here. I'm with you. I don't know if I like that one so much. So uh, nothing really stands out. I I agree with you, man. So I guess we can move on here. Guys, again, fire up those questions. we got three games left. These are the three late games. We'll get through them, talk about some other players in a lineup. And if we got time left, I'll answer the questions for you. Orlando traveling to Sacramento, Two twelve total. Sacramento minus one and a half here. Looking at the Orlando side, doesn't look like there's any injuries as of right now that looks like they're going to
2: impede tonight's game. So, yeah, any interest in Orlando? I mean, Vooch, not a terrible play at all. I mean, he's been up over 40 points, 10 straight games. Has 60-point upside. If Gordon ends up missing, then Vooch shoots a little bit of an upgrade here in terms of point per minute, in terms of his usage. And he's been playing really well recently. Hasn't had a game where he's just shot the ball overtly well. But going up against Sacramento, it's a decent matchup. Not great defensively. Like, Vooch can end up crushing his $8,300 price tag, and his floor is safe enough where it will never really kill you. Its problem is he's center eligible. That makes it a little bit tough, but still a guy that I'm going to be looking at. Gordon's out. Fournier, I think, is a guy that you can definitely look at, especially if you need to pivot around. Based on the Anthony Davis news, Fournier is definitely a guy that can end up with 40 points, 6,200. Probably has close to a 30-point floor without Gordon there. Outside of them, like, Foltz is fine. Like, Terrence Ross is fine, but none of these guys really stand out as a great play. This isn't going to be an overwhelmingly high-scoring matchup here. I know that most of the usage is probably going with Vooch in the Fournier, so no real need to take a shot at other guys when there's a lot of other value sitting on this slate.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. If we get, uh, if we get some late-breaking news Aaron Gordon is out, which is always a possibility, then, yeah. He can make some adjustments, but I, I I agree with that. Sacramento side, they've got some good, exciting young players. Not an exciting matchup per se, but anything on the uh, Sacramento side that stands out to you?
2: B-Elites is fine. Buddy Hyde's fine, as you like to say and I like to say. Uh, Darren Fox, like if anyone's going to show you some upside, his price tag is still saying about where it has been. Recently, which is a price decrease from 8,600 earlier on. He just got 56 points. I know it's not an easy matchup, but it really doesn't matter. The guy can put up a massive game, in it, even in the toughest matchups here. So, Fox sitting at 7,400. I don't like him as much as Ball or as Rose, just based on pure point per dollar but he's going to come in at drastically lower ownership. He's in, the after, he's in the later games, so you can easily pivot him into your lineup based on what happens with the Anthony Davis news. Darren Fox is not a bad play at all in the slate for GBPs, and he can crush in this spot.
1: Fair enough. I, I tend to agree with all that. I guess – do we know if Bagley's for sure out, or is he questionable? Do you have any bagley
2: I, I think he's – isn't he questionable still?
1: Yeah, Bagley. Bagley would be one that kind of swings you to BJ. You could play some BJ there. They, you.
2: they might have actually said that he's going to play.
1: Uh oh. Well, that might that might make a slight difference there. You never know. But Fox, Buddy Hyde, backcourt. Always have upside right there, so yeah, he's a
2: very little play that came out a few hours ago. All right,
1: maybe that maybe that tempers a little bit of BJ love, but that's still he's still all right, I guess. Does that that take you off?
2: It's definitely going to take a hit on his minutes, but he's still sitting there at fifty five hundred. If you want it, like it's more of a play if you have to switch things around in the later games. Like if if Davis ends up getting ruled in, you're going to have to pivot off of some of the guys that are around the same price tag. Bielitsa is just a guy that kind of fits into that swap. So, like, that's mostly – like, honestly, Darren Fox is really the guy that I'm looking for at Sacramento. But Bielitsa is a guy that still can show some upside. Even with Bagley coming back in, he'll still get enough minutes probably to make value.
1: Seems like all the cool people recently been playing some Trevor Ariza. You got you, you any interest in Trevor?
2: No. No. Good, not going to okay.
1: play. Quick question for you, Grant. You uh, are you Doordashing today? Or are you Doordashing today?
2: Uh, I'm a, I'm more of a Postmates guy. Uh, nice. there's, oh, really? There's the, I don't know. I mean, my brother doing a weight loss challenge, so oh,
1: come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. No.
2: So Doordash, man. So I,
1: I've only done like two Doordash orders. One of them came with a missing Chick fil A sandwich. Not good. And then I see, and I seen a picture on Twitter the other day where the guy's missing a piece of his pizza from the
2: DoorDash. Have you ever had any DoorDash problems like
1: that, man? You, I've had
2: a lot. Of, I mean, <laughs> I've I think I've ordered Postmates and DoorDash combined probably in the last year 300 times. So, I've definitely had some weird stuff where they just forgot it, they forgot the dipping they forgot any number of things. The great thing is like they're trying to get as many loyal users as possible, kind of like with Uber and Lyft. So, if they mess up, you complain. I've had just orders where they forgot two things and I mentioned it and they're like, all right, yeah, we'll comp it. We'll, we'll, we'll just, we can give you a, your order costs $25. We're going to be a $26 post credit. And you're good. I'm like, done. All right. Yep. Happy about that.
1: Sounds good. Yeah, but when I've seen that, when I've seen the guy open up his pizza and he's missing a piece of it, that makes me worry. Just a tad bit. It makes me worry.
2: What that. you have to worry about is fries. You order fries. They almost, Oh, always you're fries. right. Yeah. I can't,
1: damn, What am I? I can't do that no more. I'm out. I'm out, man. No fries in my Postmates order or or my DoorDash, but
2: I mean, you also if you order from certain restaurants, they tie the bag pretty tightly, so there's no way. Like a lot of sushi or different or Chinese or Japanese food, they'll tie the bag pretty tight, and so there's no way for them to take any of the drivers to take anything.
1: Man, I'll tell you what, you blew my mind with the fries because who doesn't dip into the bag of fries on their way home? It's just it's oh, there. Yeah. Everybody does it. You just and now this guy is going to be digging into my fries. Can't do it. I'm out. I'm out. Have you decided what you're going to have for dinner yet? I know you were uh, talking pre-show. I don't know. Chicken nuggets? You want to get some chicken nuggets?
2: Oh, you're on, a, you're on a diet, man. Yeah, I'm probably just going to eat half a dozen eggs. <laughs> I'll get you a salad. Just salad with some grilled it. chicken. I'll, I'll throw an avocado in there.
1: Avocado is fine, Grant. Well, I, I, I'm a little disappointed you're going to do this challenge before the RG party, man.
2: I mean, I'll still be ready for the RG party. It's not a huge challenge. I don't Plus, want
1: you getting all lightheaded from losing all that body weight and uh, drinking uh, and you're getting lightheaded. I don't think
2: you have to worry about that. we have got to help D.C. train, train for the fight.
1: Something we haven't even <laughs> talked about yet. I don't, <laughs> gonna, I don't even know if we're going to have time for that one. Let's move on to the next game. We have two games left. Late night games, all the, these last three are late night. Charlotte at Portland, 215 total. Portland minus nine, another big spread here. Start off on the Charlotte side. Uh, no significant injuries for us to upgrade these guys, but uh, just some solid players in here. Charlotte side, who do you like?
2: Honestly, it's just grand for me. So, Rozier is finally priced up, even though he's playing a boatload of minutes. Like, he's priced up to the spot where it's not really worth it. And on this slate, considering how many guards we have at cheaper or similar price tags, he is not a guy that I really have any interest in playing because I just don't see upside. It's happened recently when he's gotten low 40s minutes. I think some of those games were overtimes. But Graham is a guy that can end up with 50 points in any given matchup. Portland's not a terrible matchup. And Graham, 7,300. It doesn't offer you the floor you want, but it definitely offers you the upside you want. Like Outside of that, like I'm not playing, trusting any of these other guys. Bridges, probably priced where he should be, shown some upside, but really not a great matchup for him. Washington, Diombo, Zeller, don't think any of them – like it's really just Graham, and it's because he's probably not priced up nearly as much as he should be. Again, the problem is we have so many guards. I think the smart play tonight is like you're maxing out all your guard spots. You might be using guard utility spot, depending on what happens with the Davis news, and depends on how late you're just going into the game. But Devontae Graham is the guy that's really underpriced in this game.
1: Yeah, so that was a that was a YouTube question right there. Was is Graham a decent play? You answered that when he is got another question for you real quick to backtrack to the Pelicans. and This one's the one I, ask, I find like people asking quite a bit is uh, when, when there's injuries in the NBA, how many players are too many players from one team? In this case, Pelicans, we got a lot of injuries. There's a lot of value. How many, like what's your, do you have a specific number, man? I won't play any more than three guys or four guys from a certain
2: team. I, I generally don't. Uh, I do a lot of times with GPPs, um, but in cash, It all depends on the scenario. It all depends on the pricing. Realistically, you're probably playing, like if Favors is out, you're probably playing Lonzo, Hayes for sure in your lineup. Um, I'm going to go over to the game real quick. and You're playing Hart, probably, too. You're probably playing 3-1. Honestly, or you're playing Neil Alexander-Walker, or you're playing Frank Jack. Honestly, you can get away with five. Like the fact that in cash you probably want to pay it for Drummond, you probably want to play it for... For, pay up for LeBron. Probably one ball in there. I could easily sit see playing five. I don't know if that's the optimal, but it's four or five, I think is the right answer.
1: Yeah, I I'm with you, man. Uh, typically don't like to do it, but in cash games, when you get value like this, you can start you can do the whole starting five if they let you. It depends on what site you're playing at, but there's nothing wrong with that when there's value. So Talked about Charlotte. Graham was your guy, but there's not a lot of to get excited. On the flip side, Portland's at home. Man, lots of lots of good pieces over here these days. Hassan Whiteside has really stepped into this this role here with Portland
2: this year. He's just been a fantasy monster. What's your out outlook on Portland tonight? So I think McCollum's probably going to be a guy that's fairly chalky just because of his price tag sitting there at 6100. But if you've been listening to this entire show. Guys in the high six K range, low seven K range are just as good of plays. Like currently under RG owner, RG ownership. I'm going to double check it here, but I think prior to the show is looking at high thirties. I'm guessing it's probably still close to there. Okay, no, he's only at twenty percent now. All right, that makes it a little bit less less of a guy that I want to fade. McCollum's absolutely in play. Like. I know he hasn't been in fantastic form recently in the last few games, but still a guy that is averaging around 35, 36 in the last month. I prefer Lonzo. I prefer Rose. I prefer – who else was it? Someone else. I can't even remember. I prefer a lot of guys in the mid-6K range to McCollum, but he's still a guy that's in play. But Whiteside's a guy with a clear, fantastic matchup. Guys, outside of the last game, he's been averaging 50 points for – a month straight almost gets a matchup against Charlotte. who is terrible at defending big men. Whiteside should smash in the spot here. Lillard on the other hand, he's fine. He should end up with 40 to 50 points at his price tag. I'm not sacrificing a guard spot for Lillard at a price tag where it's probably about right. He's got a much worse matchup than Whiteside and Whiteside is 600 cheaper and is probably going to outscore him. That's so then mellows fine, not great, not terrible. gives you a little bit of upside if you're not playing the other guys. But to me, it's Whiteside is the clear and obvious play from the Portland side. Well, then that
1: begs the question to you on FanDuel, where they're similarly priced and you can only play one center. Is it Drummond or is it Whiteside?
2: It's probably Drummond, but it's pretty darn close.
1: And you could run them both on other sites. Are you uh, inclined to run those two big men on your teams tonight?
2: It's not a terrible idea. The problem is, like, I'm sacrificing an extra one of those guards. It's, I, I, like, I haven't made any lineups since the New Orleans news that Ingram was going to play. That Ingram is not going to play. So I'm not entirely certain. But it's not a terrible idea. Let's just put it that way. It's just a little bit tough to do. And you're just basically going chalk going with a lot of mid-tier or with a lot of cheap pelicans and then with those two guys but and probably braun but i think the better move is to go with three or four mid-tier guards that are going to offer you probably the same of upside and a pretty decent floor too
1: fair enough last game on the slate we got about 13 14 minutes left a few things we're going to cover here including the last game again guys the like and subscribe button please hit that thing so we can Get our numbers up. All right, last this is the late night hammer. Thirty minutes after every other game, Cleveland at the Lakers, two twenty one total. Lakers minus fourteen. You know we're we're in limbo on injury news with the Lakers. It could could be a big deal here. On the flip side here, the Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers have uh, we know we know I think Henson's out and I think uh, Nance is out. So Kevin Love's been playing really well lately. Kevin Love going back home. He's an LA guy. Went to UCLA. Yeah, what's your interest level in Kevin Love
2: tonight, man? His price tag seems way, way too low. Like it does, right? Especially if Davis is out, should give him a little upgrade here. I know that the Lakers have been very good versus the four and the five, but. 6,700 for Kevin Love. He's been playing high 30s minutes recently. He's been getting 50 point upside, like another guy that's just drastically underpriced on this slate here. If Davis is out, Love is one of the best plays on the slate. Um, we look at ownership for him. I'm going to double check on it again. Yeah, only sitting at 15%. Considering his price tag, that's too low. I really, really like Kevin Love. It doesn't even matter the narrative they used to play at UCLA, it's just a strict pricing move. He's the only guy I have interest though uh, on Cleveland. Like Sexton, not going with him. Garland, not going with him. CD never really liked playing him. Occasionally it'll work out badly, but more often than not it works out well. Tristan Thompson, I know that he's been on a heater recently, but this is not a good matchup, and he's priced up too much. It, it's Kevin Love, and that's it for me over the Cleveland side.
1: Just to put it in perspective, his Yahoo price tag is $28, and we just pulled up Covington a minute ago at $27. 9.5 times out of 10, I want Kevin Love over Robert Covington for the almost the same price. So, yeah, that's a good price tag for Love. I don't mind. He's, he, he's been playing well lately. The Lakers side, all right, news. you gotta We got to kind of like sift through what we think right now because I don't think we're going to know anything in the next hour, which means – uh, on non on a non late late swap site, you got to have a game plan in place going in, and you just can't do nothing about it. But on the late swap sites, you, you can do something later. So, what do we? What do you think is going to happen? And what's your strategy toward the Lakers
2: side tonight? I currently think that Davis is not going to play. Um, they have no real reason to play him here. I, they said they were he was going to miss a few games anyways at first, and then they said no, no, he'll end up playing. You never really know with Anthony Davis, though, and it's infuriating. I hate it. I hate it so much. But it is what it is. Like LeBron is way too cheap. LeBron's probably gonna be the chalkiest guy on the entire slate, especially with the fact that we haven't now have New Orleans players that are going to allow you to play up, pay up for virtually whoever you want. So LeBron's gonna be the chalkiest guy on the slate. I still think you play him. They were it would he'd still be incredibly chalky if he was eleven K on the slate. So the fact that they dropped his price down to 9-5 over on DraftKings is just stupid. You just play him. You hope other people make mistakes. Outside of him, like, Davis is out. I think you can look at McGee, look at Howard. Both of them end up getting a bump here. I don't think either of them stand out as great plays, but McGee's definitely a guy that's a little bit too underpriced here, 4,200. I know it hasn't banged off big recently, but still a cheap spot. Not as good as New Orleans guys, but absolutely something you can look at Kuzma probably end up, end up getting the start should end up with a boatload of points here he's priced up at 5'9, which realistically is about where it should be when you consider the potential blowout risk like it's Kuz and it's LeBron for me and I mean who knows maybe Rondo gets some run he's sitting there at 3900 but he's not as good of a play as a lot of the guys in New Orleans yeah, question for
1: you. Uh, Cantor, is he, is he cash game viable? He's a little bit volatile sometimes. What do you think about
2: him for cash games? I don't know if it's the top play uh, or the optimal play just because of all the New Orleans news. Like, you're probably better off playing a guy like Hayes.
1: YouTube question for you. This is a GPP play. LeBron, Drummond, and Whiteside in a, on a GPP team. I don't even know if that can all off- – I guess it could fit on DK. Yeah, on DK. You,
2: can do, you can do that with Frank Jackson. You can do that with each Moore. Is that a GPP
1: strategy for you?
2: I mean, yeah, it's not a terrible idea. There's a lot of guys on New Orleans that can end up crushing. You can throw in Rondo, too, and hope for the best. But, like, it's definitely a possibility.
1: Vucevic or Whiteside? I think you like
2: Whiteside more, right? Whiteside's better play if you don't incorporate ownership. Even if you do incorporate ownership, it's probably still Whiteside. Fair enough. Let's
1: uh I want to take a look at a little let's let's go to uh let's DraftKings. Let's do some DraftKings. Are you prepared to put on a DraftKings lineup tonight?
2: Uh yeah. I mean it's gonna be interesting just because we're probably gonna have to do it like under the under the assumption that favors is not playing.
1: Yeah, we're just gonna do a little makeshift something for the people to get things cranked up here. We've got about seven minutes or so to kill. Uh all right, so we're starting it off. You've mentioned some really good plays tonight. Who are you starting on DraftKings? Who are you starting your lineups with? Who are you starting your lineups with?
2: Uh, it's it. You have to figure out from the New Orleans games, but realistically it's probably Ball it's probably Rose are the two guys that I'm throwing into my lineups at the beginning. Just because I like the price tags on both of them, it's a nice correlation just to make sure that that game stays close. Both of them are way too underpriced. I love both of them. So it's probably Rose and Ball for me. And if you really want to, you can throw in Chris Paul there and get a little bit different build with three mid-tier guys to start off and then start looking at some value plays.
1: Fair enough. Let's uh, let's start to look at some other things then. All right, you mentioned some big guys, Whiteside, Drummond, two of your favorite plays. Do they
2: belong in a GPP lineup tonight for you? I think you can. If you're going to throw them in, you kind of have to look and see – which Pelicans players you're going to end up going with. Like if you're going to do that, you need to throw in, you probably need to throw in Frank Jackson, but you don't have a guard, another guard spot open. I don't think. And if you're throwing both of them and you take up both the utility spots, so you're probably like, you're looking for value somewhere else. And what other Pelicans are we going to end up going with? If I'm starting with those three guards, I'm probably going more mid tier, less owned lineups and throwing a guy like each one more in there along with him in the, Small forward spot or the forward spot.
1: Yeah, so we, I mentioned on FanDuel, you have one center spot, and they're they're similarly priced. Those two big guys you like, but on DraftKings, it's a big gap. It's a two thousand dollars. It's ten three for Drummond, and there's it's only eight two for Whiteside. It jumps up his ownership, but man, it's a lot easier to fit Whiteside in there with these other studs. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Which just maybe we maybe we pass on that. I'm gonna give you a. Uh, Throw in
2: LeBron and see how much money we have left per player.
1: That, that drops it down to 5,300, almost 5,400. So that's not bad. That's not bad. D- yeah,
2: it's not terrible. If we throw Frank Jackson in the utility spot, we can still easily end up with the white side in there. Let
1: me put a little Frank Jackson there for you because I like that name, Frank Jackson. All right, listen, I got, I got a, a guy for you I really like. I want to put on a GPP team, 7% projected ownership. Jason Tatum, we are, We said one of these guys for Boston could be big. The ownership's going to go to Cantor. We're in the GPP. If we pass on Cantor, and we hope for one of those 50-point Tatum games. We'll put Jason Tatum on our GPP line. Do
2: you have any? Yeah, uh, that works for me. FYI, we just got news that Sabonis and Brogdon will both play. So okay. I'm out yes. on all of them. I'm out on all the Pacers.
1: All right, let me go back to the lineups page. We'll run over that. We got we still got four minutes left. Let's just circle back to that real quick. So yeah. Yeah, we were on Warren there. Warren is a hard pass for me now for sure. I had some interest in Turner. I don't need that now. I'm not with Sabonis back. So yeah, that's
2: that you don't want to pay seven K for Turner yeah. if Sabonis bonuses in there. Just yeah. Turner is a complete cross off.
1: And uh, you said Brogdon was back too, right? Yeah. Brogdon that kills that kills all the guard play right there that yeah. you could have gone with too so
2: man. yeah Brogdon's right. the only one you can consider but there's too many other good options around the same yeah, price we've already
1: yeah we've established that that's not really the way to go so guys i think that is a, a big factor right there you that that's not something we can that's going to be beneficial to us now we can just scratch that i think you can scratch that whole team off the list with with these guys back and. Playing, but maybe not even playing full minutes where you don't get all the production out of Sabonis and Brogdon. So it's a big scratch off for me. We can't even play our boy, our boy Goga. Goga's off limits now, man. So, but it won't affect our lineup we're making right now. We got fifty four hundred per player. Let's let's try to carry on with another. So let's go for about another another spot here. Who else are we? Well, do you see any GPP stars? I'm looking through and I'm trying to find guys a little bit less wrong that maybe we could plug on here to help balance this thing out. A little bit of chalk on here. So let's get something. Anybody? Yeah,
2: anybody? Um, Favors is now officially out.
1: Okay. So we got some. All right. Let's, let's think about the New Orleans side road. Let's plug in one more guy for New Orleans. Cause we got all these guys out, but Jackson Hayes is probably going to be super popular. Can we get away from that and, and play somebody else from New Orleans?
2: Uh, yeah. You can go with each one. You run court IQ. Yeah. Each one averages a point per minute. You get both of minutes. Like they're going to need some shooting on the outside here in this matchup, and so he's a guy that should end up crushing his 4.5K price tag. It's going to be moderately chalky, but doesn't matter. It's still worth it. He might crush you, but it's if still he, like the right. Play if he him. gets
1: hot from three-point range, he can carry you tonight to a GPP tire. That's all you can ask for. Can't can't ask for much else. So got about a minute or so left here, Grant. Let's talk about uh, your favorite play of the night. Your your hammer man. I want I want the guy that you feel like is going to deliver you that GPP winning performance tonight? Uh, Derek Rose. The man's going with Derek Rose. <sighs> I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take a little bit different stance here. I think I'm going to go with Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons, $8,200 on DraftKings, super good price. Not a bad price on FanDuel either. Yahoo's a little bit up there, but I'm going with Ben Simmons. He's going with Derek Rose. Guys, we appreciate you tuning in. I'm going to get out of here now. Uh, as always, I want to last thought to like and subscribe here on YouTube so we can keep pumping out this good free show for you every day. Otherwise, good luck in all those GPPs tonight, guys. For Grant, I'm Chop, and we're out of here.